Welcome to KC Corner, episode 53, and we have a live studio audience with Zoe and Grace. Zoe and Gracie, and look, they're barely alive. They're you know? barely alive. They're, they're not even paying attention. They're looking out the window, they're sleeping, they're napping on us, but yes, that's right. We do, we have an audience, I love it. For those wondering who that is, it's the Jake's two puppies. <laughs> the Jake's is two puppies, and it's good that they're about five, and they're still called puppies. Yeah, they still know? act like they, puppies. It's awesome. <laughs> We've had three, as you know. We've yes. had more than that. King so, Knox. Uh, exactly. Oh, God bless his soul. So, uh, anyway, I guess he doesn't have a soul. That's yeah, a whole other no. episode. <laughs> he, he, he was nice enough, too. <laughs> uh, he was incredible. Well, good morning, Brooks. Yes, little, good morning. A little foggy out there today. Yeah, it's gross, and just foggy and rainy it's and weird. muggy and awful. It's muggy. It's going to get hot again. Yeah. Mid-80s. Yep. It's it's summer. It's back to summer. Oh, Mid-February. Brutal. And if, we'll see the cold cold weather again in next December. Yeah, well, hasn't it been great? Don't it, you love it? It has. It's, it's been great. It makes you alive. But you it's it, it's even hot from when you were in Utah. I know. That was incredible. <laughs> so that feels like another lifetime ago. Caleb and I were even talking about um, looking at you. You two were talking about Canada trips. And I forget, Banff or Alberta was like negative 52 wind chill oh or something. <laughs> it's just, I can't even comprehend No. That. That's like dangerous. You can't even go it outside. Is. I know? said I could have, I could have put on every piece of clothing I own <laughs> and I still wouldn't be warm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Let's stay two words. Stay inside. <laughs> I guess we can go start talking about Jesus now. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and I wonder how many people picked up that two words, stay inside, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> what you meant to say last week. What I meant to say. New it was sermon wonderful. series. The new sermon series, kind of connecting to Continuing. an old <laughs> of a sermon series. It's like the now and not yet. Uh, all right, well, here we go. You know, talking about the uh, the IMs of John. Love being back into the IMs of John and connecting back to uh, our rock through the ages. And, um, you know, for those who remember or maybe haven't listened last week, you know, we, we left off at the burning bush. And when Jesus uh, uh, has this incredible encounter in the temple with the religious leaders, and there's this whole beautiful dialogue in John chapter 8, by the end of it, they want to stone him. And it's because he used the words before Abraham was, I am. And what makes that a capital offense? And, you know, last week we talked about C.S. Lewis uh, saying, hey, Jesus can't be a good teacher alone because he claimed to be God. And, and good teachers uh, don't claim to be God. I mean, he, he could be a lord, lunatic, or liar. Mm-hmm. And what I really meant to say last week was he's Lord. I mean, look at this. He's connecting himself to Yahweh. He is that one true living God. And um, he is the the eternal God, the creator God, the unchanging God. He's the only way to the Father. And what I meant to say last week was, uh, you know, how do we respond? You know, they they responded at the end of the story. They wanted to, to stone him. Um, you know, when we hear the truth of the gospel, what is our response to Jesus being Lord? Um, he's not just a commodity that we invite into our life to help us in hard moments. He's not just a magic genie God that can help us get out of some things. This is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the eternal God who is. And, you know, just living our lives in response to that, Brooks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I love connecting the dots. There's a lot of dots to connect last week, uh, connecting, you know, Jesus, this I am uh, to to the God that is revealed in the Old Testament. It's one God. It's a beautiful triune God. But... 
you know, if, if it only gets in our head as knowledge and doesn't get into our shoe leather as transformation, we've missed it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how does that good news of the gospel, who really Jesus is, uh, transform us? Yeah, I really like that description of the three L's because we know this man Jesus is in history books and yeah. you know, talked about and that he existed. And then it's, was he Lord, a liar, or a lunatic? Just was yeah. he making things up? Was he an insane person? Or was he actually a savior of it, the universe? Or who he claimed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because sometimes there's this discussion, and I haven't heard it lately, that Jesus didn't even realize who he was. Or, mm-hmm. you know, there was this mystery that, that or he would become Lord uh, later. You know, he wasn't Lord in the manger, and he wasn't Lord wherever. And... Uh, but he knew who he was. I mean, mm-hmm. again, there there is a mystery that uh, someone who is uh, son of man, son of God, fully God, fully man, uh, that he does so- say some things that show his humanity. Hey, at, at times like this, no one knows but the Father. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he knew what he was doing. And when he was talking about, hey, I know my Father. You, you think you're connected to the Heavenly Father because you're Jewish, because you're circumcised? You think, you think because Abraham has a... A biological connection to you or a religious connection to you that you have a connection to the father mm-hmm. not true and i think of even that brooks how many people in our society say would say yeah i'm a christian because i'm not jewish or mm-hmm. i'm a christian because at one time i was baptized as a baby or or you know i i went through confirmation or you know uh, i believe i believe somehow believe in god but he's not Lord, you know, and mm-hmm. I love what James would say. The, the little book of James says, says, "Hey, even the even the demons believe and they shudder. Mm-hmm. They don't believe and bend a knee. Yeah, uh, they know he's Lord, but they're not bowing a knee to him. And so, for those of us who have the grace of God to know that He is Lord, we have to respond. Mm-hmm. I feel like also going back to talking about Jesus and I don't know the movie specifically, but they portray as he's kind of growing up, like he starts realizing his powers, kind of like a superhero. <laughs> he like wakes up yeah. and they kind of portray him that way. But you were saying, you know, from the beginning when he was born and growing up as a kid and obviously when he got older, like he knew he was the Lord the whole time and not yeah. just one day woke up and realized his powers. And, you know, it's interesting, Brooks. I don't know... Um... <laughs> at the full length of how, uh, I think he was fully a little boy. I think Mm -hmm. he scraped his knee and, you know, loved to swing in trees or whatever they did back then. (laughs) And, uh, um, and I don't know if he knew the totality of that. I mean, in his, yeah, I mean, we're starting down a a little rabbit hole here. That's like, wow. It's a, um, but you know, it's, it's, it is wrong to think that he was walking the earth unaware of his divinity mm-hmm. and we certainly know that through the language of hey the way he talked about his father mm-hmm. and uh um and that was some of the most offensive things to the religious people in the gospel the way he talked about the father mm-hmm. abba you know the way he was so personal yep. um but then when you realize he's eternal god he always knew him i mean mm-hmm. they've never been separated i mean that was the tightest relationships of all tight relationships this three in one god and that makes the cross even more significant that when he became our sins and the father turned away, I mean, it's the only time of eternity that the father and son are separated. And that's the hell that Jesus would experience of, of death and, and of, of the death of the father's pleasure um, mm-hmm. as he became our wrath. That's such good news. It's such dark news, but such good news for us that 
our Heavenly Father is now ours because of Jesus and never will turn his face upon us. It's so good. Well, before we get too far down the rabbit hole, we can go into what you hope to say next yeah, yeah. week. Well, you <laughs> Save know, that for another after that, that, that's episode. true. Thank you, Brooks, for saving <laughs> me, man, because that was, that was like, oh, man, I don't know where I'm going with this one. But um, this week uh, we're going to be in John 6. Uh, it's a little bit of a backtrack from John 8, but I, I wanted to open up the door first because it really, before Abraham was, I am is the springboard to the rest of the I am's in connection to the burning bush. Um But this is I'm the bread of life, and it's John 6. Great chapter. Some amazing things happen. Jesus is going to feed 5,000 with uh, a couple of fish and a couple loaves of bread, and uh, he's going to have leftovers. I mean, it's just unbelievable what he's able to do. He's going to walk on water, um, and he's going to say um, that he is the bread of life. And um, it's interesting. The question that was answered last week of who is this, uh, um, this week is more of what is this, and manna uh, the manna from heaven the bread from heaven came when god's people were in the desert uh left egypt in slavery and headed to the promised land god fed them with bread from heaven manna and the word manna comes from the hebrew like what is it i mean they wake up and they're like what's this weird stuff on the ground that tastes a little bit like honey it's wonder bread it's exactly right and by the way it's interesting you say that because i'm going to talk about wonder bread on sunday but um but all that to say um you know, they they knew the story that God fed his people, um, but in Jesus was like, listen, all that pointed to me. I'm the true bread of life. If you if you uh, believe in me, uh, you're, you're not going to hunger or thirst. And they're like, what? And they wanted more of a sideshow. They wanted they wanted Jesus to, to show signs and wonders. And, and they they loved the. Uh, uh, the things that kind of like amaze them, but it didn't transform them. And mm-hmm. they weren't looking for transformation. They were looking for amusement. And um, and I love, again, we will get into it a bit, but at the end of the story, Brooks, um, a lot of people thought he was a lunatic. I mean, there's a great part of the end of John where Jesus's teaching gets really hard. And a lot of people say, I'm out. You know, this is, this is too much. I mean, what in the world is he talking about? And it, and it sounded like a little bit like, hey, if you really are my disciple, you're going to, you know, my body is true bread, you know, it's food, you, you know, partake of me. And they're like, what is he talking about? Is this cannibalism? I mean, they, they, they got so uh, sideways and missed. They didn't have the spiritual eyes to see the truth of who he really was and what he was really saying. So at the end, they, they get up and leave. And so, uh, and I love what he says to Peter. Hey, uh, do you guys want to leave too? You guys want to, you know, look, look at the crowd. They think I'm a lunatic. They're, they're, they're leaving. I mean, the multitudes. He feeds 5,000. By the end of the chapter, they're, they're walking away. Because um, Jesus wouldn't fit what they wanted him to be. And we got to realize that too, Brooks, that, that there is a God who is, and we bend our lives to that reality. He will not bend his reality to our lives mm-hmm. and to our circumstances. He won't. I mean, he just... <laughs> He's the unchanging, true God who is. And when things got difficult for them, they said, well, I'm out. You know, he's a lunatic. Mm-hmm. At least he's a liar. And they left. And uh, But by the grace of God, we say, no, no, he is who he says he is. So really what I hope to say, what does it mean that he's the bread of life? And what are we going to feed our lives with? Uh, are we... Are we feeding our lives with junk food? Or are we feeding it with the true bread of life, the mm-hmm. bread of heaven? We talk about that in our KC group with Prodigal, Prodigal God right now about trying to put God in a box of, you know, 
trying to follow the rules and be legalistic and kind of climb up the ladder. Like each rule you follow, you can kind of hold God to it and be like, okay, I've, I've earned this now. Then now that I've done these good things, yeah. like I've earned this. And it's, right. that is just not the way it is. No, it's not. And uh, I've had experiences in my own life that I've tried to use that on God. I, I, I tried to, you know, throw the uh, pastor card or I've been a Christian a long time card or you owe me card. And I'm telling you, it just, it just doesn't work, you know? And <laughs> at the end of the day, do we really want a God who could fit in a box? You yeah, know, then we're, then we're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or do we want a God who we could control? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in our flesh, yeah, I'd love to have a magic genie God, you know, the one that bows to us. Um, but the reality is, uh, man, what, what a mess my life in this world would be if my God uh, had to bend a knee to me. And, and that's not no God. Mm-hmm. And that's a... That's a God with the smallest G ever, you know? So, uh, um, but there is a God who is. And I love, uh, it, it was, let's go back to Lewis and say, uh, I think Chronicles of Narnia, when it was talking about Aslan representing Christ, is he's safe. No, he's not safe. He's a lion, but he's good. And, you know, I think that that's, that's true of our God. He is good and, and he is always going to be loving and gracious. But is it safe? I mean... So here's the point. Um, loved ones can get cancer, COVID. Loved ones, you know, are going to struggle. Our lives are going to struggle. And uh, uh, a God who is good doesn't mean that our bank accounts are always robust and our lives are always healthy. Um, but uh, but we, gotta, we can trust them. So it's good stuff. It was good stuff. So going on to chapter seven, I don't know what that rumbling is outside. I think they're cleaning the streets. Yeah, look they, at that. They, 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 they want to get close to Casey Corner. You're, you're just throwing trash in the front yard there and <laughs> clean it up. That's right. Uh, but going to chapter seven, a transforming grace, uh, proof, proof, love. That's proof, 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 of love. Proof, proof I of forgot love. the of for some yeah. reason. My <laughs> proof, notes. Love. proof love. And we're gonna divide it up into two weeks. Yeah, we it's, are. It's a big chapter because it's really, really good stuff. And uh, you know, I love it. You know, what is the proof that we love God? Is is it's interesting. It's it's how if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He says, and uh, you know, uh, he uses the word commandment. I love how Bridges points out. It's not like my request, but if you love me, there's gonna be a response. And how do we show? the love of God. And uh, I got a great story that I want to share. And it was a pastor um, that was up in the uh, Chattanooga area, uh, called his kids in. And, you know, he talked about them, each one about what does it mean to be a Christian. And, um, you know, the from the oldest down to the youngest, I think there might have been four of them. So the first three, what does it mean to be a Christian? Well, the first one's like, well, I do the right thing. And, you know, I behave. And, the next one is, well, I keep the Ten Commandments or whatever. And he gets to the youngest one. And what does it mean to be a Christian? And he, in that response, I think it was a little girl that says, uh, I, I, I love God and I'm loved by God. And he said, I've raised three Pharisees and one Christian. And, uh, um, you know, we, we miss that love. And even compelled by love, we've talked about. But how do we respond to love? And, uh, you know... Um, and then, then you could take this love and does love trump, does grace trump the law? Does love trump the law? And we'll, let's get into that a little bit more next week. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think the reality is um, when you start to love somebody, you love what they love, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm doing a wedding coming up a week from Saturday. And uh, it's my nephew's getting married and really excited for him. He's, he's, he's 
found a, a wonderful woman. They both have been married before, and they both um, have children from their previous marriage. And part of their vows, they're trying to say, you know, how do I make sure that I include their children? Because why? If I love that person, um, I love what's precious to them. And, you know, what's precious to God is, why is God's law precious to him? <laughs> uh, not because he's this ogre, and not because he wants to take away life, because it reflects his holiness and goodness. And uh, um, it's loving what he loves. And anything that reveals what's precious to him should be precious to us. And so that's that's uh, I think that's really where Bridges was going. But let's, let's come back to seven and, and dig in a little bit more next week. I'm just not as ready as I want to be. <laughs> I had one thing to add on to, or just one, I love a, it. a quote from it was, we are commanded to know and understand the commands in Scripture. We are to seek to know God's will in order to obey it. So we're, you know, commanded to seek out what His commands are. Yeah. And know and know what He wants us to do. You know. Yeah, and then I think the only way that we'll get it right, and again, it's always going to be skewed by sin. But the only way we get it right is when we obey for the right motives. Mm -hmm. You know, because man, I love them. It's not like I'm trying to earn something. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to get something. I just love them, and this is uh, this is how he wants me to live, man. For those three nanoseconds a day, I try to get there. It's beautiful, you know. So I hope yeah, it's more. We'll talk more chapter seven next week. That sounds good, Brooksy. And then any KC news? We have a luncheon this coming. Got a luncheon, KC family luncheon is this Sunday on Valentine's Day, and uh, I really look forward to that. I love our once a month gatherings, and if you are in town and. Feel safe. Uh, we'd love to have you. There's plenty of room for us to social distance still. And we get a delicious box lunch from Publix uh, <laughs> where shopping is a pleasure. So Always. Uh, we'd love to have folks uh, come out and join us. And it's just a good family time. It really is. So that's that's coming up. Um, gosh, I don't know if there's any other big news on the horizon. We're still got a playground committee uh, working to get us a new playground, which we're excited about. And some fun things on the horizon. But, you know, even yesterday I had lunch with a dear friend who's a retired pastor. How do you grow a church in the midst of COVID? You know, I mean, how do you how do you get traction? You know, it's 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 an interesting time. Mm -hmm. So, so grateful for what God is doing uh, in and through King's Chapel. Love our little congregation. And we'll have a chance this uh, Sunday to get together and spend some time together. It'll be great. Look forward to it. See you guys Sunday. Well, look forward to it. Yes, sir. Thanks again, Brooksy.